Hello and welcome to the Byline Breakdown, the podcast where we bring you the stories behind the headlines and also Happy New Year to all of our listeners. I'm your host, Mike Moliterno, and today we are going to journey to the small but mighty village of Lowellville, a community that's buzzing with newfound energy and ambition situated along the Mahoning River with a population of just about 1,100. Lowellville is a testament to the power of transformation and the resilience of small towns. Our story begins with the Mahoning River, once restrained by a dam and now flowing freely, which has been setting the stage for an incredible revival. Joining us today is Dan O'Brien, the managing editor of the Business Journal and the writer who brought us this story. Uh, Dan, great to have you here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Mike. Thank you. First, I guess, could you just set the stage a little bit and just tell us about the community of Lowellville for people who may not be familiar? Because it is kind of tucked away in this little out-of-the-way area of uh, Mahoning County. Sure. It's a, it's a small hamlet, and it's, as you mentioned, flows along or uh, it's stationed along the Mahoning River, and it's sort of bisected by the river itself. And it's got a long history of immigrant population, at one time mostly Italian population there in, in Lowellville. And it's, it's got a very tightly knit, very familial uh, quality about it. And it's a community where everybody seems to know everyone else. And it was once really anchored by um, heavy industry. At one point, there was a Sharon steel plant uh, that made steel hoops, I believe. And there's a foundry there today that still is in operation. Um, not not by Sharon Steel, obviously, but it had... Uh, uh, an old uh, uh, industrial history to it as well as uh, is also a, a trolley line that once ran ran through it too. Um, so the you know it, it grew up along the same sort of path as a lot of small industrial communities did along the Mahoning River uh, throughout the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Uh, but obviously, deindustrialization industrialization changed all that. The steel mill retrenchments uh, during the 70s and the 80s transformed a lot of these communities. And uh, part of that was the transformation of the Mahoning River itself, as a lot of those major industrial plants had located along the banks of the Mahoning, and they would use the river to cool the steel and the manufacturing uh, products that they were pumping out of there, um, it, it it also polluted the river as well. Yeah, <laughs> and, the story and, of the Mahoney and, Valley. And, you know, it, it, it was just an awful, awful thing when you look at some of the EPA reports from the 1970s where it, it picked out fish with anomalies, <laughs> right? <laughs> physical anomalies, whether that meant three eyes or, or a number of different... Uh, fins growing out of uh, the the fish that were found there but it was bottom line heavily polluted with toxins and what's been interesting over the last five or six decades is that since these plants have been idled since the steel industry really is no more along the river uh, and they don't use the river the Mahoning River has actually been cleaning itself. Right. It's been sort of self-scrubbing over all of these decades. And cleaning the river is integral to 
really establishing a quality of life aspect along this whole region. And Lowellville's one of the beneficiaries of this. And the first step to helping clean and, and accelerate cleansing of this river is, of course, the removal of those dams along, right. along the Mahoning because it's those dams that collect all of that toxic debris that had been left over from all those years and once that's removed, it will allow for that sort of self-scrubbing. It slows the flow of the river. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this opens it all up. So that was the first step as we saw in, in uh, investing millions and millions of, millions of dollars to remove the, uh, the Lowellville Dam. You know, about $2 million or so, I believe, was, was used to, to uh, open that up, which now opens up uh, the potential for a riverfront park. Right that they're establishing right now. The the removal of the dams along the Mahoning River is is an ongoing process. They're sort of working their way north, I guess. <laughs> the, the Mahoning River kind of goes yeah, in, in snakes, weird directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but Lowellville was, I think, the first dam to be removed. It was. And um, so they're working their way more towards Warren and everything now. But I guess once that happened, as you said, quality of life uh, uh, amenities were now possible. And I'll, we'll talk about public investment in a bit, but I wanted to start with some of the private investment that started coming into Lowellville. Could you tell us a little bit about the, the Estefans and what they've been doing? Sure. Matt Estefan, who is a businessman from Canfield, and his wife, Jean, have pumped in a lot of their own money to restore a historic, uh, two historic buildings along the, uh, along the waterfront. And it is here where he wants to take an old building that was really earmarked for the wrecking ball at one time. There was serious discussion about raising it. And he said, wait, there's still some good bones in this thing. And when I visited him, visited him a few weeks back at the site, he had gutted most of the inside of this old building and is now preparing to turn it into three condominiums overlooking the Mahoning River. So it's really got this wonderfully scenic panoramic view of the Mahoning as you walk out on on this deck that extends into the uh, out of the back uh, near the uh, near the bridge, and uh, it really gives you a nice panoramic view of of what the Mahoning is today, and it's really strikingly beautiful. So a number of hundreds of thousands of dollars he's pouring into this particular project right now. It may go much higher, as anybody in the construction industry will tell you. It doesn't always fit, fit the initial budget, and there's probably going to be higher costs associated with it. And next to it is another building that he wants to turn into a... A cigar bar and a small diner, if you will, or a small um, a place where you could get uh, hamburgers and, and and food like that. And again, using the river as that major amenity, as this also backs up against the river, building decks out where people can enjoy a nice scenic uh, meal overlooking uh, free-flowing Mahoning River now. And that has largely been a draw to any other city that, that you see. I mean, a lot of the river cities have used the river as that central amenity in order to draw attention and to draw patrons 
to specific businesses, which is what uh, uh, these investors want to do. Did he mention a timeline for either of the projects? Yeah, it looks like they're going to be finishing up sometime in the spring of 2024. So the spring of this year. Oh, okay, Uh, You'll see uh, some completion completion with the restaurant, he believes, and uh, fairly soon... Uh, by by March or May, the condominiums uh, and it was they were moving along pretty quickly when I was uh, when I w- visited them a few weeks ago. So, and and you also talked to another private investor, Ray Carlson. Yeah, Ray's been investing in Louisville for years, right? Uh, and and his story is, is quite interesting. As as a pharmacist, he had moved to Louisville and wanted to start a pharmacy of his own. Didn't quite work out. Uh, This is many years ago. Uh, But he was really endeared to Louisville uh, itself. He lives in Poland Township outside of the city uh, of Louisville, but nevertheless has always felt that this community would be perfect for small town development. So he began by uh, establishing a uh, uh, an administrative and extended operation of his business, which is RC Compounding. And he bought an old bank, restored it, and now that's RC Compounding on Water Street in in um, in Lowville. Uh, he also invested in. Uh, the famous Scarchetti's restaurant, uh, which was destined to close at one point. And he believed that, well, I don't think it would be good for the community to lose this particular landmark. Mm-hmm. So he invested money and, and, and has now restored, put some more restoration into that particular building. And now that is, uh, is, is, is active today along Water Street in Lowellville. As well, he purchased some other older structures in the village and has turned uh, two of them into Airbnbs, one of which has a golf simulator in it and a pool table so right folks who will really want to enjoy the small town atmosphere in called Louisville swing club or something like that or carlson swing club i think so he's invested money in, into these buildings and uh, his latest project is taking an old furniture building and restoring that into a, a private event center that could also act as an extension of his own business, but also host certain events and parties and so forth right. on, on Water Street as well. And, uh, you know, he's sinking a lot of money into the audiovisual uh, amenities in this particular place, which really sound quite quite good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wants one of the best sound systems in, in between here in the... Uh, in the House of Blues in Cleveland, but it's a, it's a it's like a hundred thousand dollars or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. He pumped a lot of money into this particular sound system, so bands can go in there and actually record. Uh, they they can record their live stuff or, or or whatever they want to do. It could act as a big recording studio as well. So he's still trying to figure out exactly what he wants to do with it. But he's redone this uh, in, entire building, and it's. Uh, 
really coming along. So the transformation is, is really well underway. And there had been a lot of talk about it for years and years and years and years and years, but now it's actually happening. Well, we're going to take a quick break, uh, but when we return, we're going to talk about the role of public investment in Lowellville's resurgence. So stay with us. Attention all business enthusiasts in Northeast Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. The Business Journal has been your trusted partner since 1984, giving insights, updates, and fostering growth in your region. From Mahoning to Mercer, from Columbiana to Lawrence, we've got you covered. For just $10 a month or $99 a year, unlock our digital troves or get both print and digital for only $99 a year. Make the smart business choice. Subscribe now. Dan, before the break, um, we mentioned some of the public investment that's going on there. I guess, could you talk about that and how crucial that is to what's happening in Lowellville? Sure. Uh, a lot of the public investment has gone to the river, of course. Uh, the removal of the dams is where the most of uh, the money has been spent. Um, aside from that, the Lowellville has been very successful in getting grants that could open up small business development along, for example, Water Street. A few years back, Lowellville received a number of grants, $25,000 each, for businesses to perform facade improvements, as well as, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that were allotted to development of the riverfront, as well as hundreds of thousands of dollars that were devoted to the riverfront. And this will eventually become a, uh, uh, a nice pavilion that is under construction uh, as we speak. A uh, canoe and kayak launch was added uh, a, a year or so ago, a year and a half ago. And the ambition is to extend this 14 acres further along the river and establish a large riverfront park mm -hmm. that can accommodate just about anything, whether it's Frisbee golf or whether it's some other activity that they may have planned. Um, so that's a lot of where the public investment is going on right now. And all of that comes with matching funds too. So the community has to raise a certain amount of money themselves or the county as well in order to match these state grants and, and perhaps federal grants might come their way. Um, so with all of this going on, what do you see as the the biggest challenge facing Lowellville's revitalization? I, I think you need folks to, you know, use it. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, as we mentioned before, there's a little over a 1,100 or so residents. So I think the biggest challenge for Lowellville is to get the word out. Uh, you know, why is this community a great alternative than going to the big cities, you know, bigger cities like Cleveland or Pittsburgh or, or even uh, Youngstown or Warren. And uh, the argument is, and, and Mary DeCiani will tell you this, that, uh, you know, a lot of folks are, are, are enjoying the, the small town life. Uh, they like to get away and, and have a nice relaxing evening at a place that isn't uh, crowded and, and traffic congested and, and, and things like that and places like that. There's been plenty of public investment to support this. There's been infrastructure investment as well that uh, was was poured into Lowellville and is still being done there. Um, 
So some of the challenges, I think, A, you know, you, you really need to create a good marketing campaign and making it a destination spot for folks. Now, there's also talk for other private investment on the other side of the, the, the river, at least at the opposite end of, of, of the uh, town uh, along the river. So more condo development might be in, in the works mm-hmm. in the coming years. So when we see this happen and you really see the physical work underway, uh, that might convince a lot of folks out there that, you know, this isn't just lip service. People are actually doing things to, to rebuild these small villages in the Mahoning Valley. And it looks like Lowville's on the right path to do that. I mean, we've got other small towns and communities that are really struggling with the same sort of, of issues, uh, you know, depopulation uh, and, and, and the, the Mahoney Valley losing, you know, residents uh, over the years has, has really impacted these small communities especially. So what Lowville is trying to do is, is something really quite interesting and extraordinary for its size especially. Well, thank you very much, Dan, for spending the time with us today and sharing your story. You can read Dan's story at businessjournaldaily.com. A link is in the show notes. We will be back next Thursday with another episode of The Byline Breakdown. I'm Mike Moliterno. You wouldn't drive a car without a map, so why navigate the business world of Northeastern Ohio and Western Pennsylvania without the Business Journal? Trusted since 1984, we're the compass pointing you to growth and prosperity. Digital, print, why not both? We've got subscription options tailored for every business-savvy individual. Light up your path to success. Subscribe to the Business Journal today.